Hello and welcome to another episode of Sportay. I'm your host Taylor and today we have a very special guest sitting in the studio with me. So we've got Hayden who's a junior editor from Croc Media. Welcome to the show. Hey Tay, good to be here. Yeah, so good. Look, I'm loving your jumper at the moment, really <laughs> keeping warm in this cold Melbourne weather. It's bloody freezing outside, isn't it Tay? It is. So today, we are actually focusing on the mental battle that most athletes face, especially with the recent news of Tom Boyd retiring. So Hayden, what do you think of this? Well, back in March, Gil McLaughlin, CEO of the AFL, he actually declared mental health as the biggest issue facing the AFL. And it was a bit of a surprise because at the time there was, there was a whole heap of concerns around drugs and gambling back then. So it came as a bit of a surprise. But in recent times, it's, it's really come to show that he was bang on the mark with obviously Tom Boyd. And then this year, even, we've had Majak Dor and Jack Stephen having to take breaks for mental health. I was very surprised that Tom Boyd just came out and retired as of immediate. He's an inspiration to all the other people actually battling mental illnesses. And for those of you who are listening and you're going through issues, please call Beyond Blue on 1300 224 636 or Lifeline on 131114. But talking about Tom Boyd, so he retired on the Thursday and he has been battling mental issues for a long time now. For him retiring at such a young age, he was only 23, that is huge. And I support him and think that sometimes you really need to step back and focus on yourself. And it goes to show just how serious mental health issues can be. Tom Boyd's a young guy, he's our age, he's got a million dollar a year contract and this has been too hard for Tom to handle. It's so hard that he's, he's walked away from millions of dollars a year. And his coach Luke Beveridge, he came out and he said that even though it's such a hard issue to understand, this has actually given us some level of sort of quantifiable understanding of just how serious it can be, the fact that a player can walk away from a million dollars a year at the age of 23 to have to focus on mental issues. This is yeah. what Luke had to say. There's no doubt that I thought that, you know, there were at times people too hard and too keen to scrutinise, to drag him down and probably know who they are, one in particular. And that just shows just a, a sheer lack of conscience and, and drive to be nasty and and that that'll never be forgiven by anyone at our football club and so that's a real shame because that's a choice that a certain journalist might make and it's just a window into that person's soul and how black that soul is. So Hayden do you think the media is a big factor in causing mental health issues for professional athletes just because their whole life is now in the spotlight? Well I think it has to have some effect you hear lots of AFL players or any players in any industry they often say that they try not to look at social media and they try not to look at the media at all because it's just there's so much negativity in there and although that they say they try to ignore it no one can stay away from social media completely it's a part of life it's it's yeah. integrated into all of Especially our lives. Especially in this generation like social media is everywhere we've got Instagram Facebook Snapchat WhatsApp. No matter what players are doing in their spare time they're always going to be connected and they're always going to be seeing something in the media so I think it's impossible for them to completely block it out. So there are always going to be effects on players. Tom Boyd especially, he had such a big contract that he was constantly in the media. Uh, a lot of questions around his worth and I think that caused a lot of issues for Tom. To constantly have your worth as not only a player but I think it filters into players who throw themselves into their career that your worth as a player, they begin to define themselves as their worth as a person as well. And for Tom to always have that question, no doubt that's got to have some sort of effect on you. 
Yeah, and even talking about how the media has effects on athletes, the Taylor Harris issue at the start of the year. So she, for all those who don't know, she's an AFLW Carlton player and the AFL posted a photo of her kicking a goal on their Twitter page. And that attracted a lot of nasty comments from online trolls. So the AFL page took it down and then there was a massive media backlash on that. So they ended up again reposting it. Taylor Harris took it in her stride and actually posted the photo on her Instagram page and all over her socials and created the Taylor Kick Challenge, which is really inspiring to see that even though social media had a negative impact on her, it also created something where other young kids and young players of the game can look up to. This went global and she created headlines. Yeah, I think this is an example as well of how social media can be used for good. There's so much negative stigma around social media, but here we saw Taylor come out and take ownership of it and she got support universally from players of all codes all over Australia taking up this Taylor Kick Challenge and really calling out these people that have been making these terrible comments yeah. on social media. Because and I just think it was a spectacular photo because you could see the technique, but I reckon the vile comments on the social media, it prompted Harris and others to demand action against the culprits, which with her outrage shared by the AFL community and broader society. Mm. Well, so many people think they just have... Uh, a level of anonymity online that they can just say whatever they want. And if you have a look at comment sections on on really any sporting codes page, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of a lot of these trolls that Taylor Harris has spoken about. It's via a digital medium they can come out and they can say these terrible things. But Taylor Harris and and a lot of other sports people are starting to call this out and go, hold on, why why do these people have this right to just say these terrible things just because it's not in person. So, Tay, last week, Josh Jenkins came out and revealed to the media that whilst playing for the Adelaide Crows Sandful side, he asked his wife and his daughter not to come and watch him because of the abuse that he receives while playing and he just didn't feel that he wanted his wife and daughter to be hearing those things. Here with us today is Josh's teammate, Jake Kelly from the Adelaide Crows. He's here to provide an insight on what the AFL players face on a daily basis. Jake, what did you think of his comments about his, his family not wanting to come to the footy? You spent some time at, in the sample early in your careers. Is the abuse more intense down at the state level? Thanks for having me, guys. Yes, it is. It's a bit more personable based off the fact that you're um, probably more exposed to fans at sample level in terms of when you run out, you're obviously in close contact with them. You can probably hear them due to the noise being not as much. So, yeah, it's probably a bit more prevalent only based off the fact that you're a bit closer to fans, you're a bit more exposed to them. So, yeah, you can hear some people say some certain things that aren't very nice to hear, but I luckily wasn't really exposed to that. But someone like Josh, obviously a bit of high profile and he's going through a tough period at the moment playing in the sample. So, yeah, I can imagine why he uh, felt the need to tell his family to stay away. So how does the Adelaide Crows deal with these kind of issues? There's a number of ways. I feel like the first one, we have a full-time player welfare manager, Emma Barr, who does a fantastic job, and her job is to really look after the mental health of players. We have two full-time psychologists at the club who were employed this year, so they're at the club weekly, which um, they meet with every player, so that's another um, resource that we could use. And and then um, following on from that, we've got a, a we've got exposure to a full-time psych outside the club as well. Um, 
So that's all funded through the AFL Players Association for free, um, completely confidential. So any player can go to any stock in Adelaide and do as many sessions as they want um, free of charge. So there's definitely enough resources going around to help players in the mental health space, I feel. What does the AFL do to stop this sideline abuse? What can they do? Well, I think you got to remember, and this is probably a prevalent issue at the moment, I think there's an... We watched a documentary yesterday about um, the Adam Goods um, Adam Goods situation, which is going to be released in the it's called the final quarter, and it'll be released in the next few weeks. Which is quite a daunting documentary, and it talks about Adam Goods' last few years of his career, where he was booed, um, and it shows how it deteriorated his mental health to a point where he had to retire, which is quite sad. But I think there's a fine balance between people being able to come to the game and and their pain to enter the ground and and that gives them a right to say what they want to an extent um, and boo if they want. They're essentially allowed to do that. But there obviously comes a point where what you're saying crosses the line. That point, I feel, is obviously a bit blurry. Obviously, racism is completely out of the question um, and completely wrong in every way. But you're saying something like, I don't know, you're a terrible whatever or going to someone's appearance is that wrong I mean it's it's a fine line I think sometimes it gets a bit blurred um, with what people can and can't say at the football We've also discussed similar to the anonymity of being in a crowd the anonymity of being online and, uh, and, and trolls on social media. Do you think that the AFL will go down the path of, of censorship or what do you think they can do there to control that? Yeah that's another tough one I mean there's definitely measures that are put in place they're told to players regularly about how we can filter our Instagrams and filter our Twitters to make it less susceptible to people like trolls, to less susceptible that we're going to see it. So there's, some, there's measures in place that Twitter and Instagram both have, but then again, people are free to say what they want, really. It's a public forum. I mean, as long as they're not crossing the line, they can really say what they want. I think there's got to be more onus put back on the player. If the player can't cope with that, then... One, don't be in the industry because it's a scrutinised industry and it's a public industry. Or two, don't have Twitter, don't have Instagram because it's a free country. <laughs> One of the great reasons we live in Australia is because people can say what they want, obviously within reason. So but I think players to an extent have got to learn to deal with that. And if they're having issues on their mental health, seek out help and or delete social media. At the same time, they've got to realise that people can't be saying comments about people's family, about people's appearance, about people's race, because that obviously is completely wrong. With the news of Tom Boyd retiring, Luke Beveridge, he came out and, and in the press conference, he hoped there'd be some consideration from them in regards to players' mental health. How much do you think the, the paid media does affect the mental health of athletes? Yeah, no, it definitely does, because obviously the paid media is a lot more widespread. Everyone can see that. I mean, for example, it's town like Adelaide where there's only two teams the media are constantly looking for stories about either Adelaide or Port Adelaide a two team town so the scrutiny is quite strong there um, but at the same time obviously um, I think the media it's hard for the media I mean there's so many questions did they know Do they? if you know about Tom Boyd's mental health I would hope that a lot of journalists would have the self respect to realise that and 
go easy on him. I think that comes down to the individual to go, well, look, this guy's struggling. Let's give him a chop out here and not keep smashing him every day in the media. But I also understand the media's point of they're there to do a job. They're there to report on the game and on, on players. So you do understand their side of the story as well. But mental health is the number one priority for the players. So I think it's up to the journalists to go, no, what we're doing is wrong. Let's give him a chop out. So as a professional football player, what do you think causes these mental health issues for the other professional athletes? Do you think being in the spotlight and the media is one of these causes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that has to definitely be one of the main causes, the fact that you're in a public forum. Yeah, it's the pressure to perform week in, week out, the scrutiny on your performance week in, week out. And I would say, from my point of view, they're probably the two main reasons that lead to players like Tom Boyd having these issues. I don't know Tom's history if he's predisposed to some sort of mental health issues. I don't know that. I don't know if it's purely based on the fact that he's been scrutinised heavily as a player. But you see so many high-profile players like Dustin Martin has come out and spoken about it, Lance Franklin, Adam Goods, and they're all from, I think, have led from that pressure to perform, the scrutiny on them, and being in such a public eye so much. So, yeah, they're definitely the two main reasons, I would say. So while you say you hope that they'd give players struggling a chop out, do you think that in reality there is any consideration given to these players by the media? Yes, I do. I'm very careful to go journalists just out to get players because they're not. That, that's, I think, quite a... I, I think players sometimes skew towards having this negative view of journalism and a negative view of the media and that they're just out to get players. You've got... I've, I'm sort of had that view and I've sort of gone, well, no, they're doing... They're there to do a job and you've got to understand that. And I think a lot of them are really great people um, who, are, who are just working like you and me and, you know, trying to do their best. Um, and obviously you get some that do really go after players. So it's a very complex question, very complex question. I really know the answer to it. There is both negative and positive things about the media. Obviously it helps with the coverage of the sport, but have you ever been targeted from a journalist? Yeah, that's a good point to say that the media really pay for our bills. The reason we get paid like we do or the reason the game is so big is because of the media. So we've got to understand that. I have been targeted, but at a very low level. I mean, you get your, you get your occasional, you get your weekly person on Twitter, I mean, on Instagram, he'll send you a message and tear you to shreds, but then you also get the same person say something really nice and you might have someone in the media say something about you, but from my point of view, it's very low level, completely different to something like Josh Jenkins or Taylor Walker, what they're going through at times with the scrutiny they've got on them. Um, I think that just comes with obviously being a high-profile player and there's pros and cons to that as well. So, yeah, luckily I've been quite fortunate. Kels, I know you love your US sport. Now, they've always been around Tom Boyd. There were questions of the size of his contract and, and how much he was being paid and really the worth of that contract and how much Tom Boyd himself as an extension of that is worth. Do you think that it's a good thing that players' salaries in Australia aren't public knowledge like they are in the US? question yes no i mean i can understand why it is a good thing obviously with the scrutiny of tom boyd everyone obviously knows what he was on or close to and that obviously led to severe scrutiny i don't think it has too much of an impact i think players know what what they're on obviously when a player gets paid a hefty amount of money most of the media outlets know the rough figure most people know roughly what they're on and with that lead to increased speculation on their uh, increased yeah, speculation, I guess, on, on their performance 
um, and scru- more scrutiny on their performance. But I think that just comes with the territory. If you're getting paid more money, I guess you've got to be prepared to, for the fact that more scrutiny is going to come. It's like anything in life, any, any job, I guess. The, the higher you are up, the, the more you have to perform, in a sense. So I think that's... Yeah, I think it's in a good spot right now. So you're a Melbourne boy and moved to Adelaide to play the game you love uh, when you're recruited by the Adelaide Crows. Did you struggle mentally with this? Uh, yeah, massively. I had yeah, I had a few years of homesickness. Probably my first two years, I really struggled with homesickness. But I thought the club's been fantastic. Like I said to you before, there's a lot of resources the club gave me to get through those tough times that a lot of people have when they move into state, not just me. A lot of players have sought out those resources. I spoke a lot to Emma, the welfare lady at the club. That that was fantastic. But yeah, I did really struggle for a period of time and it was obviously quite tough, but I'm not going to sit here and say I was the first person to struggle mentally because I'm definitely not. It was a challenging time of my life that I had to work through and I'm probably a better person now that I've done that. So I've sort of viewed it as just a get down, put my head down, bum up and just work through it as best I could and um, come out the other side. And, yeah, I'm in a great space now. So, yeah, it's worked out quite well. You were lucky enough to be drafted uh, at the same time as Darsburn Jones, who is your mate, also headed over there to Port Adelaide. Do you think that helped moving over there with a, with a close friend? Yeah, definitely. Dars was massive for me. In my first two years, I, I, I reckon I only, or my first year especially, I probably saw Dars every single day. And we just spoke about how we were feeling, um, had a lot of, had a lot of laughs. It was just great. It was, it was a massive, massive help for me having him in the first year. I don't know what I would have done without him because I was really struggling and he, he was obviously finding it difficult at times as well. So we spoke about how we were missing home. We spoke about new city. We did things that we hadn't done in, in Adelaide before. But we also at the same time had that connection to people at home. Um, we could talk about people from Melbourne and catch up on what's going on and talk. So it was, um, he, he was really, really important for me. So what else do you think the AFL can do to help reduce these mental health issues for players in the league? Well, what happened last year, which was a great initiative, the club, as part of the last CBA agreement with the AFL and the AFLPA, put in place some money to go to each club to fund purely for mental health reasons. But There was a, a large sum of money given to each club for mental health, and from that the club employed two psychologists. Other clubs have chosen to do other things with it, the money, I imagine but it all has to be directed towards mental health. So that was a great initiative because the two psychs that have come on at the Adelaide Football Club have been fantastic. They've been really, really positive for every player at the club, I think, um, and positive for myself. So that's, that was a great initiative by the AFL. And I think although there are stories coming out about mental health, the, the AFL and the AFL PA and the clubs itself are doing a fantastic job. They're really doing a good job. And... It's, a, it's very, uh, I'm at the forefront at the moment. So it's not like it's a sort of a side issue. It's a big issue and the clubs are talking about it, the AFL is talking about it and the PA is talking about it, which is the main thing. Well, thank you so much, Jake, for talking to us about the mental health issues and the way the Adelaide Crows and the AFL are dealing with it. It's incredible just how much support you guys are given. So moving on from all this serious talk, I think it's about time we have a bit of fun. We're introducing our new Locker Room Secrets, a new segment that we've just created as we want to find out just the insides and outs of the Adelaide Crows football players. Welcome to the game show. Very excited. <laughs> so first question, I hope I don't get you in too much trouble here. Who has the hottest misses? Uh, <laughs> good question. That's a really good question. I'm going to be probably careful what I say here. Um, 
Seeing I live with Riley O'Brien and I'm good friends with his girlfriend, Chloe, who also lives with us, I'm going to say Chloe. So you're, you're playing the friend card here. Riley O'Brien's girlfriend, yeah. you got to look after your friends. Now we're very good friends, me and Chloe, so I'll give her a chop out there. Who checks themselves out the most in the mirror? Riley Knight. Riley Knight. Tell us, what is his typical routine in the locker room? Riley Knight's blessed with a quite a tanned, um, tan rig, so I'll, um, I'll probably check myself out as well if I was him. Does he um, use fake tan? Yeah, number one. Yeah. No, he doesn't fake tan. He's just all natural for him, so lucky boy. Who is the coach's suck-up? This one could get you in a little bit of hot water. Very slow. Has he got a bit of a bromance with the coach? I think his favourite's Sloaney, and it's reciprocated back as well, so um, yeah, I think those two have a little bromance going on. Does he get any special favours out of it? Probably a few nice dinners at his, uh, at his house on the water. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> Jake, I reckon you're going to have to start like upping your game here. Yeah, I know, I might. I know, I'm a bit behind, funny. Kels, who's got the best nickname at the club? Rory Atkins. He's called Rat. Really? That's surprising. Oh, that's how, do you, a... how do you get that one? Well, not as you may think, he actually looks like a rat. <laughs> yeah, when's Sean and Colucci going to shave his mo? He says he's keeping it. He says it's the best in the AFL, so, so he's going to keep it. Is that for a cause? Uh, I think it'll end up for a cause, but not at the moment. But he, I'm sure he'll do something. Who would be the best wingman in the team? Oh, Alex Keith by a mile. Tell us, what one is of, his hot tips as being greatest, a wingman? One of the greatest wingmen you'll ever, ever see. He is amazing. Please elaborate, Cal. Um... Oh, not for me, but he's got a girlfriend, Alex, but he's, um, when he gets around a crowd of girls and he's trying to help you out, he has the gift of the gab. He's, um, quite, quite well-spoken, Alex, and he, um, quite cheeky and he'll do, he'll do a good job for you. So he's done, he's done some wonders for the boys over the years. Well, he'd be quite used to the circuit from his cricketing days, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, he's, um, yeah, he's done, he's, he's got a beautiful girlfriend, Laura, who's moved over from London, though, so he's, um, he's all set, but, um. Yeah, he, um, he's got the use of the gab when it comes to the women. Who scrubs up the best? We always see you guys in your, like, football jerseys, strutting around in your Adelaide Crows colours. But uh, on a night out or even, like, on the weekend, who will scrub up the best? I scrub up the best by my <laughs> Cheeky plug there, Jake. <laughs> there's, not, there's not many. Um, who scrubs up well? I actually don't... There's not, there's no one comes to mind that that, that readily. So, Tech scrubs up quite well. He's quite good. Tell us, like, what does he do? Does he choose nice Just suits? Nice, you know, yeah, like, Rory's phone dresses very nicely. Um, a lot of the boys dress quite well, which is surprising. Sometimes you end up rolling to the club in trackies for most of the winter, so you don't actually see what the boys can produce. But it's usually Tex and Rory, probably because they can afford the nice designer clothes. So you've changed your answer a bit there. At the start, you said yeah, the whole team. Yeah. So you're trying to get in the good books with everyone, hey, Jake? Yeah, and no, I'm plugging everyone. You're plugging everyone there. But who would you say is always late? Always late. Tyson Stengel. Tyson mm. Stengel's always late. He's come over from Richmond. We call him the Prez. I think Richmond called him the Prez as well. Oh, actually, no. Sorry, I'll change my answer there. Shane McAdam's always late, not Tyson. That was a lie. <laughs> Shane McAdam is notoriously late at the moment. All right, and one more from me, Kels. Does Tex have any plans to bring the mullet back? No. I miss oh, like it. Like I said, he's changed. He's gone. He's gone from the. He's forgotten where he came from. He's from Broken Hill, and now he lives in the best suburb in Adelaide, and wears Ralph Lauren shirts and 
loafers and has a slick haircut. He's completely changed, I'll tech. Well, I vote bring back the mullet, huh? <laughs> yeah, he goes up to Broken Hill regularly, so he probably, yeah, he probably whacks the wig on when he goes back up there. But I think when he's in Adelaide, he's going to keep the knife short back inside. Well, thank you so much, Jake, for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate it. Well, we got to learn about the Adelaide Crows and how they deal with mental issues, especially because it's so common in this day and age. And we also got to learn about the sneaky locker room secrets, which is always good to hear. No, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode of Sporte. Tay and I will see you next week.